be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tung. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. And I'm your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And following our 11-11-11 last Friday, I feel there's a significant shift in the energy and vibration on the planet this week. And I'm delighted to welcome to the show today Jim Clowley, who is going to be talking about his book, a Man's Work is Never Done. Very interesting title, Jim. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Peter, and uh, thank you for the invitation to, um, to be interviewed on your show. Well, it's an absolute pleasure. So an interesting title for a book. Just uh, tell us a bit about why that is the title. Well, um, uh, it's, uh, for me, it's, it's, um, it's so true that a man's work is never done, and, and the, the rest of that title is a novel about mentoring your sons. The, the man's work part is, is I see this as a generational thing that continues to go on and on and on. So, um, and, and the whole idea of around mentoring our sons is something that, uh, that we'll be speaking about uh, in a little more depth a little later on in the interview. It's, so for me, it's, it's just a matter of... Um, recognizing that that raising our sons, mentoring our sons, uh, helping our sons understand their place in the world today is an ongoing thing. It goes from one generation to another to another. It never stops. So a man's work is never done. And, and what uh, prompted you to, to write uh, this as a book in terms of your, your background and your awareness and, and what, why you chose to do it this way? Well, I, I, I've spent 20-some-odd years in the, in the social service field. Um, uh, many, many years ago, uh, I started to hear stories from, from adult men, from uh, young men that were coming through the agency that I worked in. Um, I worked in, in the field of addictions and mental health. And, uh, and, and what I heard after a, a period of time was the stories Basically, we're all the same. Although humans are like snowflakes, in that we're, we're not all, none of us are the same. The, the themes and the, the background information was very, very similar from one client to another client to another client. And the common theme that ran through a lot of that for my male clients was the idea that that the boys were fatherless, and that the adult men were fathers who 
um, who had walked away or who had given up on on mentoring or parenting their sons. And um, so I followed that for a while. And what I've come to understand is there's basically we're in the we're in the second generation now of what I call lost souls. Um, and I mean how I mean that is is young men who are basically aimless. Um, they have not or are not. Um, living with the benefit of a father guide in their lives. Fathers are basically walking away or abdicating their responsibility as, as parents, as a father. Um, and I know that we need to be very careful of absolutes here. It's not, I'm not talking about every young man. I'm not talking about every fatherless son, but certainly a huge number. Um, as I've come to understand it and, and witness it, um, are are caught up in this in this sort of this category of of of, of man. So those this is the second generation, and we're well into it. And and our young men are really kind of growing up without any sort of father guides to help them understand what it's like to live in the world today as a man. And um, so. My whole idea around writing this book was to create some sense of of um, of hope and guidance for fathers and sons, for single moms, for grandparents, for teachers, for anybody that really has any kind of a connection or contact with a young man um, who seems to be living his life in a problematic way. Um, so it's it's a wide open topic for a wide open group of people. Um, and hopefully uh, people will, will be able to pick up the book, read it, get something out of it that was helpful in their day-to-day lives that would help them create more of a sort of a critical mass, I guess, is what I'm looking at here in terms of uh, fostering change amongst uh, folks in terms of how we mentor our sons. Um, it, it's, um, it's a problem, and it's a huge problem. And I'm not, I'm not really sure that a lot of folks want to look at it, want to face it. I think a lot of people just don't know how to deal with it, and they're sort of burying their heads. And so I'm, I'm kind of hoping to pull them out of the sand and say, "Hey, you know, there's, we can do this. We can make change happen. But you got to recognize what we're doing here, or what we're not doing first." So, what are the actual statistics around uh, families these days? Um, well, I, uh, the last stats I saw, uh, basically, eighty um, percent of, of single parent homes, for instance, are are headed by moms. Um, dads are, are are finding it. Men, men, adult men today are finding it extremely difficult to deal with the with the social changes that are happening, the rate, the speed at which things are happening out there. If we take a look at employment, for instance, uh, more men than ever are out of work. Um, for the first time in our history, um, there's more of, uh, women in the workforce than there are males. Uh, three to two is the last figure I saw there. And this, this isn't to blame anybody. This isn't about centering out a group of people here. Uh, this isn't about women bashing or anything like that. This is just simple, cold, hard facts that males are basically um, hopeless in terms of what's out there for them and their ability to kind of live their lives as males. So we're, society's asking men to change how they go about their business. We're finding it extremely difficult to, to manage the rate of change, the expectations that are being asked of us. And men, 
are are basically today are, are kind of not handling that well. They're not handling that well at all. Um, from the stories to gain that I've heard and, and the interviews and, and, and all that sort of stuff that I've had with folks, um, one of three things is happening for men today, traditionally speaking. Uh, men are either staying in the family homes but giving up their kind of responsibility. They're just getting, they're going along to get along sort of thing, um, which isn't a very good uh, way of going about business. Um, some are just walking away, just saying, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm walking away and they, and the grass is greener somewhere else apparently and, and they're off and they walk away from their families and their homes and leave their sons in this case, um, fatherless basically, uh, with mom, uh, struggling to figure out how to, how to do this, how to raise them. Um, and 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 struggling dramatically. Um, the other sort of group of men is they're staying around in the family home, but they're very violent. They're very angry, um, and and we see that an awful lot. And domestic abuse is up, and violence is up, and and all this sort of stuff. So, so men are not men are in in, in a lot of trouble here in terms of how they're dealing with the social changes and the speed, the rate of change, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it, it, that's it's a problem, and and we need to address it. Men need to address it. So to all the uh, the women listeners we have on the show today, and uh, for actually reading the book, why is it important that they continue to listen and read the book? What what, what message is there for women? Well, I, I think the big message for everybody, but certainly for women, is is that don't give up. I mean, you know, um, there, there are things that that single moms can do, or or single dads in this case, because it it uh, it, it sometimes goes the other way, where dads, 25% of families, or 20% of families are are father uh, led, you know, like single families. So we have fathers bringing up daughters. So now I can't. I can't speak to that because I've never been female, so I I don't know what it would be like to bring up a, a, a daughter in in that respect. You know, from a female perspective, I don't know. I could teach my daughter like single moms can teach their sons: social convention, respect, um, uh, respect for women, respect for themselves. Uh, so all those social conventions uh, certainly can be, but. But there are certain things that moms need to understand about raising teenage sons. And, and, and one of those really important things is that there's certain messages that, that only a man can deliver to a son. And, and that, I, I don't mean that to sound hopeless or anything, but it's, a, it's an awareness that, that, that single moms need to understand so that they don't feel like they're failing their kids. Um, and if, if dads are not going to take responsibility for that, for those messages, then, then there needs to be, uh, there needs to be another strong male influence in that, in that kid's life. Um, whether that's through agencies or organizations or whatever, um, but there's certain messages that, that, that sons need to hear from a male. And, and so I really want moms to understand that, that there's, that they're doing great work, that they're working really hard and they're, and they need to be applauded for their, for their efforts and, and taking that on. And in a lot of cases, they work one and two jobs to try and keep ends going and all that sort of stuff. So it would be really easy for them to just throw up their hands and say, I can't handle this. They can handle it. And there's certain ways, certain things that they need to recognize that need to be done. Um, and they're capable of doing some of those things that would certainly help their teenage sons, their young men, to become uh, uh, to, to move toward that state of manhood. So, Jim, you chose to wrote the book, write the book, sorry, as a, as a fictional story rather than a non-fiction. Why did you choose that route? Um, 
it well <laughs> to be honest when it started out um it it just seemed to be more fun and it was and and it was more um I, I think by writing it as a fictional book, it was I, I, I had more control over what it was I wanted to say, how I wanted to say it, the points that I needed to make. Um, I wrote it basically as a parable um, in, in kind of novel form, so that uh, it's it's the story. Um, as the story progresses, I could work in these things that these lessons, these uh, gifts, these uh, all these things that I understand from a male perspective, I could work those into the story um, so that so that single moms and grandparents and teachers and and other fathers and and kids too um, could learn uh, how to go about this this challenge of helping young men. Trans, uh, transfer or, or progress toward a state of manhood. So, for me, it was it was just the, the freedom to, to be able to create a story and to create characters that I knew people could identify with, um, and and to be able to direct that message in a way that I thought was really helpful and, and could be understood and and applied uh, by folks out there that I was trying to reach. So, Jim, we're coming up to our first break, and we'll continue. What's going to be a great discussion, I know, around the role of men in the world today. A man's work is never done. It's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. I'm your host, Peter Tong. Just a reminder to go to my website, www petertongue.com and also www.myheartcenteredjourney.com Both websites, information which is right up to the minute. I think one of the unique gifts that we are offering to people is information as it is breaking specifically around the shifting consciousness that is uh, um, with us at this time uh, beginning uh, last Friday with the 11-11-11 and uh, continuing on through the next 18 months or so. And so I do urge you to uh, tune in, listen to some of these wonderful interviews, uh, which you can access through the website, and also to consider joining the Ambassadors of Light program, where we have uh, 
a, a discussion class every two weeks talking about what is happening in the world today. I with me today Jim Clowley who is talking about his book A Man's Work is Never Done as well as the issues around young men in their lives today. So perhaps we could continue Jim by you just talking a bit about what is actually happening out there in the world today for these young men or not happening for them. Yes, thank you Peter. Um, one of the things that I did notice during interviews and, and, and just in my kind of, um, in my research, so to speak, um, I mean, how would we, how would we know what we're seeing there? How, uh, one of the things that I often hear people talking about, well, boys will be boys. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the excuse or that's the cover for, for what young men are, are involved in these days. And, and I find that really disturbing that, that we would just slack off on it and just say, well, boys be boys, make excuses for for what's going on out there. Um, I mean, what we have really is we have, a, 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 a like I said before, a generation now currently that's that's basically they're, they're, they're men, they're young men in adult male bodies doing, uh, trying to do adult male things and not having any sense of what that's all about and how to go about doing it and 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 not wanting to take any responsibility or or be held accountable for the decisions that they make so we, we've got we've got young men in adult bodies doing adult things with no with no sense of of is this a good thing or not I just do what I want to do and 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 you can't stop me kind of ideas um, there's a sense of hopelessness, I think, amongst young young men these days around education, around possibilities, around families, around all that kind of stuff. They they live from hour to hour, as opposed to to kind of feeling like they need to plan. There's no plans for their for their uh, later years or or when they grow up. Um, so that hopelessness is really runs through them. Uh, there's really an overinflated sense of entitlement amongst this group. Um, you know, you owe me, and 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 they do they do just enough to get by, figuring that that's good enough. Um, as I mentioned, there's there's really no responsibility for what they're doing, no accountability. Who holds them accountable? Um, there's a lack of respect. I mean, self-respect certainly. I, I, I one of the things that I kind of enjoy doing is is just kind of walking around places like Grand Central Station, uh, big place where where a lot of folks congregate, and just and just watch people. I mean, there's nothing more fascinating than watching people. But but what I see is a, a kind of a lack of self-respect. Uh, I, I see a lack of respect for others and their property. Um, certainly a distorted view of females. Uh, and young men really don't want to compete anymore. It, it just doesn't seem like they want to compete for anything anymore. They, they do, they're quitting school earlier. Uh, one of the, the things uh, I noticed uh, just in this last week is my daughter just graduated from university, and, and in that graduating class, there was certainly an awful lot more females graduating uh, with degrees and master's level uh, and, and, bat and honors programs and all that kind of stuff, about three to two. So there's a lot uh, fewer men are finishing school and getting educated, and, and, and if they are not educated, they're not going to be able to compete for those good jobs out there that they want. And um, there's an increased violence. There's less regard for life. So, I mean, I could go on and on and on with what I've seen, but, but it's very disturbing. And, um, and, and part, of that, part of that, I think, is that political correctness idea 
um, has really kind of gotten out of hand from my point of view, and and it's not really about equality anymore. It it just seems to be running at its own pace, and that's the reason why men are having a hard time keeping up with the changes is because the changes are happening so quickly. So there's, all of that kind of stuff is happening out there, and and as parents, as, as single parents, we need to identify some of those some of those um, things that are happening and say, hey, you know. I heard that guy and he was talking about that and, and I could check off five out of those eight or nine things that he said because my kid's doing the same thing. Well, none of us as parents want to, we want to see or we want to admit that we're not doing the kind of job that we should be doing, especially under those circumstances. So, so it, it's not to say you're not doing a good job. It's to say, Hey, pay attention here. Your kid is trying to tell you something. We need to pay attention to that, and we need to pick up the ball and say, okay, we're going to step in and do something here So, as, as parents. And so the rest of the things that I put in the book and all that kind of stuff are designed to help people say, what can I do and what can I do right now? They're practical, hands-on things, um, changes in terms of how things are done, um, how we talk to our kids and, and all that kind of stuff. What do they need from us? So all of that information is in that in that story that I outlined in the book. So we'll come back to to how we change things and resolve things. But before we do that, just talk a little bit about the confusion that many adult men and young men have these days about their role in the world, which obviously has changed very quickly. It's changed dramatically, Peter. And and, and I mean, some I, I, because of the speed of, uh, of technological change and all that sort of stuff, somehow we've come to the place or we come to the to the idea that old things are bad things. The way we used to do things have changed, and, and they needed to change. We need to get out of the 20th century into the 21st century, and so on and so on. And I would agree with some of that certainly, but the only thing that's really basically stayed the same is the human being. The human being is basically the same. My needs now as a human being are the same as they were in the 1800s and 1900s. That hasn't changed. And I think, uh, I think that the characteristics, the natural, I call them natural gifts, and that's what I, I believe they are. And they're mentioned in the book, throughout the book, as, as the, the character, the young man, uh, begins to learn more and more about being a man in the world and what that means. Those characteristics are still extremely important, and they're an integral part of who we are as males in the world and as human beings. Things like, uh, the protector role, the provider role, the, the you know the hunter, the, the the guy that takes the bullet for the family, um, all of those kind of characteristics are still extremely important to men. And one of the changes that's trying to be affected is is we're supposed to kind of forget about both those things. You know that's old school. That's the way it used to be. You know that's Ozzy and Harriet stuff back in the fifties, and and we're told that we're not supposed to pay attention to those anymore. And and I don't think that we should be doing that. I don't think that we should be not paying attention to them. I think we need to celebrate those natural gifts as males in the world today. Women have their natural gifts that, that, that they need to bring to the table as well every day. It guides us in terms of how we choose to live our lives, certainly as men in the world. Um, I, I want to be a protector to my family, and I want to be the provider, the guy that's that that's you know that's that's my job. That's and it's in. I hesitate to call it innate, but it's a character that's a characteristic that's ingrained in us as young men right from almost day one. 
Um, we watch it happen. That's that to me is the extreme importance of having a male father guide. Um, is that he teaches his son about those roles and the the extreme importance. Being a man in the world today is not so much what you do, but it's how you choose to live your life, the decisions you make, the the way you treat people, the how you go about organizing and running your own life. And to me, those those roles that you mentioned and those natural gifts that I've that I explain in the book um, are an integral part of how we live our lives on a day to day basis, how we treat other people, how we see how we see our counterparts, and 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 what our responsibilities are. It it really if we if we can follow those those gifts and where those gifts take us. Uh, there'd be a lot less confusion in the world today, I think, between males and females, number one. Um, and, and I think a lot of folks would figure out that, that, you know, as males, we're not bad folk. You know, we're, we're just, we're doing what comes natural to us. And, and that's not a bad thing. And, um, so I would really like to kind of see us get back to that idea. And I would really like to see fathers begin to teach their sons about those roles and about those characteristics, those natural gifts, and and instill them uh, because that's that's what keeps us going. I think as a species, I think that's what keeps us going as as families and all that sort of stuff. So, in terms of uh, turning this around from the situation that we find ourselves in now to creating some future which is better than it used to be and better than the current situation. Mm -hmm. uh, what are the key elements that are, are required to make this change? Um, well, I think um, I, I think like let, let me go back to the, the to the book itself, Peter. Um, I, I think one of the things that we need to to get back to doing is is recognizing um, um, how those natural gifts play out every day. Um, and and how do how do we use them? How do we uh, how do we affect a change? How do we calm the waters? How how's that going to make a difference if we go back to doing that again? And and I think it's all part of that mentoring process that I that I spoke about in the title of the book. Actually, it's this is this is a process. It's like any other process. Um, and and there's a process to bringing up sons, and it's a pro, there's a process to to developing family relationships and and all of that kind of stuff, and it's 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 helping our sons learn every day what it means to be a man in the world, how we go about our business, why it's important for us to be allowed to go along about our business in that way, celebrating those natural gifts. If I can go back to that for a moment, celebrating those natural gifts is. Um, it's a way of living our lives. It's so integral to being male in the world today. Um, and, and for us to not have that opportunity, for us to, to be told or to be helped to understand that they aren't important, that we need to, we need to get back into the sort of the middle. But my, my real concern is, is to, we're becoming an almost androgynous in our in our in our living here and um we're becoming more we're becoming less man like or less male like and 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 females are becoming less female like we're sort of amalgamating in the middle of the of the kind of the social the the the, the social structure and and we're becoming androgynous i think uh, if we if we kind of take a look at how um, how things have gone in the last 10 years, fashion, 
uh, um, I see just as many men out there um, all bedazzled with jewelry, earrings. Uh, we, we've gone over the top with body art. They call it body art now. They're tattoos. Um, it, it's just we've we've gotten away from that whole idea of of what it's of what a man in the world today does how does he live his life on a day-to-day basis how does he take care of his business how does he take care of his family how does he all those basic lessons are being pushed to the side or they're being considered not important and if we look at what's happening in terms of social structure today um we're we're losing the battle. There's there's more violence. There's more gang warfare. There's more. Uh, we've got babies having babies uh, with no with no idea. I mean, grandparents are becoming parents to their grandkids again. You know. So we're coming up to our, our next break, Jim. So we'll take a break here, and we'll return with Jim Clowley after the break. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. Listening on a Higher Dimension, 7th Wave Network. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. Have with me today, Jim Clowley, who's book, A Man's Work is Never Done, talking about the role of young men in the world today and how that has become a very confusing place and how they need mentoring by uh, elder men, preferably their fathers or someone else who can support them on their journey. So Jim, just let us know how people can access your work through websites and things. Um, yes, um, there's a, a couple of different ways, actually, if uh, folks are interested in learning more or knowing more about it. Um, uh, they could go to my, uh, my personal website, which is lifechoice.ca, uh, lifechoice, all one word, lowercase, .ca. 
uh, they could go to that and and check out a little bit more about what's what's happening with that. And uh, I'd written another book back in the late '90s called Managing Me. It's an inside job, so they could find out about that as well. Um, and the other the other way of doing it, of course, is to access the uh, Inspired Author Circle. That's um, it's a group that's run by Julie Salisbury through Inspire a Book, um, a wonderful uh, support group, um, and and a, a wonderful. So when we talk about mentoring, it's uh, um, she's uh, done an amazing job of putting that all together. And uh, so folks could access my my book through that website as well. It's InspiredAuthorsCircle.com, all one word, lowercase. Slash Jim hyphen Clowley, C L O U G H L E Y. That'll take folks right to a to a site. Uh, the book is there. It's a there's a basic outline uh, about how to get it, how to order it. Uh, currently, there's uh, if folks want to pre-order uh, for the book, there's a whole list of gifts that are freebies right now, and uh, there's a special sale price on the book. And when is the book actually available, Jim? The uh, the uh, launch date is uh, scheduled for November the 30th, so it's coming up pretty quick. Yeah. And um, yeah, very exciting. I'm 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 really looking forward to it. I, I'm I'm hoping that uh, other folks do too. <laughs> yeah. Well, good luck with that. Yes. Thank you very much, Peter. So let's return to, to our discussion. And you mentioned in the book about four cornerstones. Uh, just tell us about those those four elements that will help young men on this journey. One of the uh, yeah, I, I, when I when I uh, wrote the book, there was uh, when I had if I go back to the discussions and, and and all those conversations that I had all for over all those years, there was four basic things, four basic points that fathers, that sons that I'd interviewed that I had uh, worked with during those times uh, had mentioned, and um, so I, I wove them through the story of the book and uh, and called them cornerstones because I think. I think that those are the things that, that uh, in this case, um, the state of manhood is is built on. And without these cornerstones um, uh, present in a young man's life, he's going to find it extremely difficult to to have any kind of peace, serenity, any kind of joy in his life, any kind of success in his life. So I wove those through the story of the book, and 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 they're basically one kind of follows the other. Um, I started out by mentor uh, by mentioning uh, uh, about uh, self-esteem work, and and I know that that's a topic that a lot of folks talk about and all that kind of stuff. But but if we don't have a really positive sense of who we are as a human being in the world that we live in, then where do we go from there? And and how do we base any kind of learning and any kind of experience? I mean, so I have to have a good sense of of who I am in the world. It's it's self honoring basically is what it is, and and seeking your best and and knowing who you are as a person and all that. If if for instance I wanted to. If, let's say, for instance, I wanted to go out and, and apply for a job or I wanted to be involved in a relationship with somebody. If I don't have any sense of who I am and what I have to offer, um, how am I going to build anything? Where do I go from there? How do I help people understand more about who I am so that they can be interested in me? Um, so the whole self-esteem work is is an extremely important part of it, and that's the first cornerstone that that I spoke about in the book. And um, we can we can develop that in the in in our sons in this case um, by doing certain things particularly well. 
if one of one of the things that I recognize that we do that that I'm not sure is very helpful to kids is we tend to praise our kids instead of encourage our kids. And there's a huge difference between the approaches. And I think one of the things that that sons were talking about when I was working in the field was how they responded to being encouraged by their father as opposed to praised by their father. And and it sounds kind of nitpicky, but when you look at it, if if I'm if I'm encouraging my son, I'm recognizing their hard work. I'm saying, geez, you know, uh, you've you've become, you know, you've worked really hard at becoming a better baseball player. For instance, I'll use that um, as opposed to saying, gee, I feel really good about it when you hit a home run. Um, the praising part of it, it says to the kid. Um, I've got to do what dad says I've got to do in order for him to be happy with me, as opposed to I've got to work as hard as I can, and when I do, I'm recognized for my hard work. And there's a huge difference between the two approaches, and kids want to be seen by their fathers especially. They want to be seen as people who are good at something, who have worked hard at something, and who are appreciated for their hard work. Um, I could I could try to please my father uh, until the cows come home and always fall a foot short because dads will say, "Well, gee, you got 90 on the test. Where what happened to the other 10 percent?" So it's it, for me that it, it's the difference between encouraging and praising is extremely important, and we need to encourage our children to be all they can be, as opposed to praising them for who they become. So you're focusing um, on the process they're involved in rather than the final outcome. Yes, absolutely. The kids will take care of the final outcome. That's going to be up to them by the decisions they make. But if we do our job as fathers uh, with our kids, we won't have to worry about the decisions they make. So, um, And the decisions they make are basically theirs anyway. Uh, uh, interesting thing I've, I was reminded the other day, um, um, we, as sons in this case again, we, ne we never learn by the things we do right. We always learn by our mistakes. That's, there's lessons to be learned by the mistakes we make. Um, so we, we have to allow our kids, our children, our sons, again, to make mistakes so that we can help them understand what they did, how that went down, what they need to change so that they don't make the same mistake the next time. Folks so don't learn by their mistakes or by their, by their successes. They learn by their mistakes. So the second cornerstone is understanding anger, which I think is a really important topic in, in this process for young men. It is. And, and again, it, it follows that idea of self-worth, self-esteem, that I have value in the world, that I'm important in the world. Our kids, we need to instill that in them, that they have value in the world and all that sort of stuff. Uh, we need to tell them, we need to help them understand about treating others with respect. The one thing that kids need is structure and boundaries. And when they don't get them, um, I think they tend to be more angry and disappointed and they find it harder to cope with world things, world situations, when they themselves have no structure and no boundaries to live by. How, how do they make those judgments for themselves if they don't have any kind of structure and boundaries in their life? So the, the whole piece around anger has an awful lot to do with what we're not doing in terms of creating structure, boundaries. The other piece of that, uh, I think, is is... When we 
when we try to befriend our sons and become their friends, we do them a huge disservice. They don't need more friends. They need parents. They need somebody that's going to give them some structure, hold them accountable. Um, and I'm, that doesn't have to be harsh. It just means, hey, you know, you can't do that because you've done that. This this is the consequence to that. It's, it's a very simple uh, theory. So coping with anger is extremely important in that um, it, it's, it tends to be about injustice. Most anger tends to be about injustice. And uh, so we need to help our sons understand what their role is. And here we get back to those natural gifts and all that kind of stuff again. Um, the injustice piece is, is usually about something that's done to us or done to somebody that we care about. Um, and we don't, we, we see that injustice as being something that we need to respond to. If we don't have a sense of who we are, and if we don't have a sense of those natural gifts we have, then that whole, our whole boundaries around injustice are blurred. We don't, we don't have a sense of, of when we're supposed to respond and when we're not. So we tend to be, we tend to walk around angry all the time, and we don't cope with anger really well. We don't have the lessons, we don't have the, the, the teaching from our father guides to deal with anger appropriately. A lot of cases, we just think if we can beat the daylights out of somebody else, then that's that's justice served, and let's get on with things. So it, it really, the whole coping with anger piece, and, and anger is a huge problem for kids today, uh, really does tie in with the natural gifts, how we, what we do to recognize those, how we learn to live with them, how we apply them in our lives today, and, and how they tie in with structure and, and boundaries. And then the third one is living in relationships. Living in relationships, again, is, is, it's, it's a follow from um, the, the first two. I mean, you, it, to be in a relationship with someone, um, it's not likely going to be very successful if I can't deal with my anger properly and if I can't represent myself in a very clear way the chances of me having a fulfilling, satisfying relationship, whether that's with my kids, whether that's with my partner, um, that whether that's with the next-door neighbor or the people that I work for, uh, they're all relationships. And But if I, if I don't handle the first two well, if I don't cope with those things, if I don't um, if I don't handle those things successfully or learn how to do that successfully most of the time, the chances are my relationships are going to be a mess. They're going to be a train wreck. And then it, then it carries over. Then it gets to be a very negative thing. Well, nobody likes me. Nobody cares about me. I can't sustain this. I can't, my kids hate me. The, and so my sense of self-worth and self-esteem goes down the tubes and I become more angry because I'm not connected anywhere. We, we have become disconnected as people from our families in terms of fathers and sons, uh, in terms of society itself. I mean, if we're angry all the time, if we're running around, uh, you know, with a, with a big chip on our shoulder all the time, uh, people will stay away from us. They will disconnect from us. And, and we, we've become a society of, of primarily disconnected people homeless folks, um, you know, folks that are marginalized. Um, I mean, there's, it goes on and on in that way, too. So in, in terms of our kids, we've disconnected from them. Uh, we've placed 
for instance, we've placed money as more of a uh, as more of a driving force than we have our kids. What we do with our kids, we buy Junior a new car because he graduates. We get him a new Xbox. We get him this. We get him that. We get him toys. We try to buy their relationship with us. Um, we, like I mentioned before, try to be we're trying to be their friend as opposed to their parent or their father in this case, and so. They need they need father guides, and that's a relationship that's very special unto itself. And if we're not doing those other things well, we're not going to have that opportunity to be a father guide to our sons. And if we can't do that, then we can't teach them about how to be in relationships with other people. So it's it's not a catch twenty two, but there's a process involved here. And and I think as single parents, as single moms, for instance, that's a process that she needs to understand. And she needs to work with that. And if she needs help developing ideas around how to apply that with her son, then she needs to go and get that. And we need to make it available as men to single moms. So I, I guess the other part of that is the trust, the trust element. I mean, it's very difficult for us to have any sort of trust built um, with our sons. And, and that's a, that's a key, that's a key ingredient for sure. Um, we're not going to be able to have any sort of trust element involved if we can't cope with our anger and if we don't feel good about who we are. Our, our, our sons learn from us, Peter. They they see us as their teachers. They want us as fathers to be in their lives, and they want us to be uh, those influential people. They don't want to learn all this stuff from Uncle Harry or the guy down the street. They want their fathers to teach them these things, these roles, how to live life, how to how to get on with life, the stuff about anger, the stuff about how to fly fish, the thing, how to catch a ball, how to those very basic things. That's father and son stuff. And so, Jim, we're actually coming up to our, we're coming up to our final break, and so we'll return with Jim Clowley after this break. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. 
Just a reminder of a fantastic opportunity coming up in the second half of February to 2012, where I will be co-leading a trip to Egypt to all of the well-known sacred sites and one or two others as well with Finbar Ross, who is an expert leader of such adventures, and we'll be co-creating a wonderful trip for you in Egypt in February. If you're interested in the journey and what we'll be doing, please go to www.celticmysticaljourneys.com and all of the information is there. And please drop me an email at descendingdove at gmail.com if you are interested in going on that sacred journey with us. I have with me today Jim Clowley and we're talking about his book, soon to be launched on November 30th, A Man's Work is Never Done. And Jim, before the break, you were talking about the four cornerstones. And the last one is parenting, which you sort of touched on a little bit in uh, relationship. So just complete mm-hmm. that for us. Yes, thank you, Peter. Um, yeah, the, the, the parenting piece, of course, is, uh, is the outcome of the other three. And, and uh, it's, it's uh, certainly as important, if not more important, than the other ones. It's sort of the culmination of, of what, we're, what we're being able to offer our families and our sons and our and, and so on. So, um, as I'd mentioned, fathers, you know, son, sons need to have fathers, not more friends. And, and so I think that's real important to understand that. I'm a parent. I'm not a, I'm not a friend. But, but what fathers need to give their kids, um, they need to demonstrate this at all times. Is, uh, the, there's two or three basic things. And, and love, uh, of course, is one of them. And I wouldn't say unconditional love. But I would say certainly that that we need to demonstrate. We need to let our children know that we love them, that they're important, and they're, they're we care about them immensely. And 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 all we do is we you know we have their best interests at heart and all that sort of stuff. Um, we need to give them our time. Um, they would much prefer our time to a new Xbox. They want to spend time with us. They want to know us. They want to get to 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 learn more about us. Uh, how's a how's a young son going to uh, how's he going to emulate me if I don't spend any time there? How, what's he going to learn from me if I don't spend any time talking to him and, and spending spending nice afternoons and all that kind of stuff? Consistency is a is an extremely important piece. We need to be consistent when we say something. We need to follow through with it when we when we help people understand. When we help our sons understand what's important, why it's important, what happens when that gets forgotten. Uh, we need to have a consistent message that they get all the time, so that they know what to expect from us. That's kind of how trust gets established. And we need to listen to them. We need to listen to them talking to us as opposed to us doing all the talking and expecting them to listen. They need to be able to tell us how they see the world they live in and what that's all about. So um, I think that those four things are extremely important to to kids in general. But but in this case, uh, this is what, to me, what fathers need to demonstrate to their sons. And when they're not present in their kids' lives... Um, it's not hard to find out or not hard to figure out why kids do what they do and, and, and how they go where they go. So, Jim, this uh, program is about spirituality and higher consciousness and awakening to the conscious path. So how does, how does your work with, with the book and the work that you've done fit into that? I, I, think, I, I think it fits in pretty well, actually. I, I think that um, what, what we're basically talking about here is man's legacy. 
um, one of the things that I think are extremely important uh, for us as men to do is to take a look at and not forget where we came from. The, I talked about the natural gifts before, and we need to we need to get back to celebrating those natural gifts, recognizing them for their importance. Um, we need to re- we we need to go with the idea. We're we're different people. We are different than than the other half of the folks that live on the planet, and we need to be able to celebrate our natural gifts and bring them with us through our lives from our pasts into our presents so that our futures are, are guaranteed, so that our, our futures are going to be more um, sustainable, uh, so that our futures are going to be more rewarding, and we're going to find, hopefully, we're going to get back to the place where we can find some peace and some serenity and some joy in life that we're not questioning all the time, we're not trying to keep up all the time, that we're just able to kind of get up and live our lives. And so I, I think that that whole legacy idea is is celebrating those gifts, going about living my life as a male in the world and helping my son do the same thing in the future so that he can teach his son how to live as a man in the world so that we can all be better off. We can we can get back to that time when we have peace and serenity in our lives. And, and I don't see that we're going to do that if we continue along the same line as we have been. Um, so that legacy, that idea of, of living my life as a male in the world today and making it a better place, doing the best I can each day to do that, Teaching my son about that and how they can carry on with that, and and uh, and like I say, bring our past into our presence to to um, solidify our futures. So in the in the novel, what is the legacy that the main character leaves? In fact, um, just that idea that that um, the, the the main character helps the the teenage boy next door understand the value and and the 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 strength and the importance of recognizing those gifts of those natural gifts bringing them forward into his life uh putting some structure in some organization's life the kid begins to see the, the rewards when he starts to live those those gifts in a day-to-day basis. He begins to see those rewards taking place, and he feels those rewards happening in his life. His life takes on a whole new meaning and all that sort of stuff. So, And it's only because he's taken the risk of listening to the mentor that, that lives beside him. Um, he had a choice at one point during the book, and he could have walked away and said, you know, old oh, man, you got nothing to tell me. I, I think the other part of this, now that I mentioned that as well, the other part of this for me is is the importance of community in all of this. And and we've gotten away from community. I, I can remember living in an apartment building and, and uh, for maybe five or six years and never, ever talking to my neighbors. We, we, we become insulated and isolated and, and, like I said before, disconnected. And we've got to get back to that connecting with people around us and, and uh, like thinking and like-minded people and creating a critical mass, a bigger, creator, uh, you know, a greater mass. And, but that, that legacy idea is, is extremely important that we focus on that and that we work toward that. I want to leave the planet a better place than when I found it. And... Um, one way of doing that is to is to share my knowledge, my experience with with young men coming up who haven't had that yet, and to making sure that they get the messages that they need to get um, in a way that they can uh, assimilate into their lives, 
Uh, I'm not talking about creating a master race here or anything else. I'm just simply talking about, hey, you're a male in the world. You need to be proud of that. You need to celebrate that. You need not apologize for that. You need to carry those things into your future, into your son's future, so that we can, so that the future generations can have a better go at this than, than what we've had. And we need to learn by the mistakes we've made. So, Jim, and that's a great uh, place to finish because we are at the end of the show. Amazing. It's gone very, very quickly. So that was a great, a great final summary. So thank you so much for your time, and uh, good luck with the book. I certainly appreciate the opportunity to share all that stuff, Peter, and it's been a pleasure speaking with you and your, and your listeners. Thanks thank so much. You. Right. So my guest next week is going to be Paul Burley, and he's talking about the sacred sphere, exploring sacred concepts and cosmic consciousness through universal symbolism which is the sacred sphere. Hope you've enjoyed today's show. Have a great week. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring please join host peter tong for another edition of awakening to conscious creation next wednesday at 3 p.m eastern time noon pacific time on seventh wave network